0: There's movement in Missouri. Plus, a career politician wants to cap off his 46-year stint in Washington with a new gig, the U.S. Presidency. And, what's up with Andrew Yang? Hi, I'm Philip Lumell. Welcome to No Uncertain Terms, the official podcast of the Turn Limits Movement for the week of April 29, 2019. Your sanctuary from partisan politics. Let's see if we can fill in some of the blanks in these stories with U.S. Tournament's Executive Director, Nick Tombalides. Hey, Nick. Hey, Phil. So, Joe Biden has thrown his hat into the race for the Democratic nomination for President of the United States. And uh, so naturally that makes uh, Tournament's activists wonder, where does Senator Joe Biden stand on our issue? Does he have a record?
1: Well, um... It's quite the guessing game to figure out whether a guy who served in the Senate from 1973 through (laughs) 2009 is a term limit supporter or not. Um, Right. 36 years in the Senate. I'm I'm really not sure where he stands on this.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. It actually came up the other day. You know, there's been questions about his age. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, He'll be 77 years old at the time of the Democratic Convention. And so, you know, it's a serious issue, and he concedes it's a, it's a reasonable question to ask. Um, but he a- was asked about whether there should actually be age limits or term limits, and he said basically, well, I think that although this is a serious issue, that the answer comes when voters go to vote at the ballot box on both age limits and term limits. Meaning that, of course, not that voters should decide at the ballot box whether term limits should be imposed, Right. But instead on whether or not they should elect him. So that gives you an idea where he stands. Outside of that, it's been really hard to track down any rhetoric from him on the issue in all the years he's been in office.
1: Yeah. And um, part of the the shrewdness of being a career politician is deliberately avoiding conversations about term limits and avoiding opportunities to be asked about it because they don't want to get caught on the record opposing an 82 percent issue. Right. There were votes in the 1990s on this. There was actually a vote in... That's right. He was around. In 1996, when he was in the Senate, um, he had been in the Senate for 23 years at that point. Um, There was a vote for cloture on a term limits amendment. It was sponsored by Fred Thompson of Tennessee. And the Senate was voting whether to limit the debate and move congressional term limits forward Joe Biden was against that. Joe Biden was against term limits. He voted against it. He voted to keep, keep a filibuster alive so that term
0: limits could never see the light of day in the Senate. Okay. So we have a recorded vote from Senator Joe Biden against congressional term limits. Exactly. Oh, boy. And to set some context for this, 1996, now this was in the period where tournaments had been imposed by voters via the initiative process. And of course in nineteen ninety five we had the Supreme Court case, U.S. turn limits versus Thornton, which basically threw out those tournaments. So this was like the front page issue that everyone was talking about, that everyone was writing about, that everyone was thinking about. So when we had our chance, the best chance that we've had so far to achieve congressional tournaments, Joe Biden voted against it. And obviously, with the remarks this week, we can see that he's not changed his mind on the issue.
1: Yeah. And it's not like he um, he couldn't have voted for it because he had been in the Senate for so long. I mean, Strom Thurmond, who I think first got elected to political office in 1933, (laughs) and by 1996 Mm -hmm. had been in the Senate for 40 years, actually voted for term limits, believe it or not. So one of the poster children for term limits voted for it. Any career politician has the opportunity to Wise up, do the right thing, and vote for term limits. But sometimes their own self pride gets the best of them, and they just can't bring themselves right. to do it. Um, right. and You're it, assuming
0: that Strom actually was aware of the fact that he was voting for term limits at the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's possible he just fell asleep and his hand happened to hit the button accidentally. I don't,
0: <laughs> or a staffer did it for him. No, no, let's give him the let's give him the credit for this. He voted the right way on it. Yeah, and this was the time for the statesman to rise up. Put their self-interest aside and act on what clearly the public wanted that they expressed in a zillion ways, including not just polls, but um, referenda in 23 states. And against all of that support from the people, Joe Biden, along with a very slim majority of the Senate, you know, voted against the people and voted for their own pocketbooks for their own careers.
1: Yeah, and he was very close to being a deciding vote as well. Um, it only failed, the cloture motion on this to bring term limits forward, only failed by two votes. So if Biden and one other person had voted differently, if they had supported it, that might have changed the trajectory of this and changed the course of history, perhaps, if if right. this had actually right. moved forward in the Senate. I'll stick to death of hearing things from you. Running, short-sighted politics.
2: Thank you. Today there are more than 44 million Americans that owe,
0: <clears throat> this is student loan crisis, $1.56 trillion in student loan debt. Last month, this committee received testimony that last year, 1 million student loan borrowers <coughs> defaulted. What are you guys doing to help us with this student loan debt? Who would like to answer first? Mr. Monaghan, Big Bang.
2: Uh, we stopped making student loans in 2007 or so. <laughs>
1: Oh, so you don't do it anymore, Mr. Corbett?
2: We exited student lending in 2009. (laughs) Mr. Diamond? When the government took over student lending in 2010 or so, we stopped doing all student lending. Thank you. My time is up.
0: That was House Financial Services Chair Maxine Waters, who entertained us last week with some petulant haranguing of Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin. This week's clip is from early April when she was attempting to grandstand on the issue of exploding student loan debt, accusing a lineup of big bank CEOs for the problem. Facing her in a line were Brian Moynihan of Bank of America, referred to as Big Bank by Waters, as well as Citigroup CEO Michael Corbat and J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon. Waters, who has been in Congress since 1990 and has taken the reins of the House Financial Services Committee largely as a function of her tenure, clearly, has no idea that private banks have not been in the student loan business for a long time. Before 2010, private banks issued federally guaranteed student loans that were backed by the government if they weren't repaid. But, starting in 2010, the Obama administration fully nationalized student loans, which today are all issued directly by the federal government. But you can't suggest that Chairperson Waters has not learned anything in her 46 years of politics. Notice how deftly she changed the subject once she realized she didn't know what she was talking about. (laughs) Another presidential candidate from the Democratic side that we've talked about a little bit before, uh, positively, uh, Andrew Yang from California. Um, He'd made some noise about tournaments in the past – being a good thing and making some positive noise about it. But then he made these comments just recently. What is your opinion
1: of term limits for all congressional positions? Okay, so first, we need to have term limits for Supreme Court justices yesterday. <laughs> Lifetime appointments might have made sense at one point, but they make no sense now. The fact that we have to, to get worried if an, 80, an 80-year-old justice has a health problem, I mean, that's no way to run a country. Um, So, term limits for Supreme Court justices, both parties should be able to agree on that. Now, term limits for Congress people, I like. um, But the the fact is, if you had constant turnover in the Congress, then there'd be very little institutional knowledge. It'd be hard for new Congress people to organize all the time, and it might be harder to get things done. So, if you're going to create term limits in Congress, uh, you would want to make it a little bit longer in time, so at least there's some seniority that builds up. But I do think having people crouching
0: in D.C. for decades uh, is probably not good for our, our society. So what do you think, Nick? Is he a tournament supporter? Um, you know, it sounds like he's backtracking on us. <laughs> it sounds like he's backtracking. I,
1: sure I, I've always thought of Andrew Yang as someone who's a little bit more apolitical. He's, he's a venture capitalist, never held elected office before. A lot mm-hmm. of his ideas you can't put on one part of the political spectrum or the other. Um, but when he first emerged out on the scene... He was a big term limits guy he would tweet about it he would talk about it he would share stuff about how power corrupts and how power rots your brain you know there's some scientific studies that show power actually causes brain damage if you hold on to it for too long and so andrew Mm -hmm. yang seemed very sympathetic to the cause but it sounds based on these latest comments like someone has gotten to him someone from inside the belt that's the exact impression i have yeah an insider is giving him these talking points about the value of experience in congress And my response to that is if experience were valuable in Congress, why is Congress the most experienced we've ever had? And it's a dumpster fire. I mean, don't you think at some point all this experience in Congress, 30, 40, 50 are members of Congress, something would have borne fruit for us at this point? We're
0: $22 trillion in debt.
1: Our country is more yeah. divided than ever before. We have massive—
0: Clearly, experience is important, but it's not the yeah. only value, and it's trumped by many others. And one of them is the ability to put your own self-interest aside and uh, do some work for the American people rather than yourself. Also, to be a goal-oriented person. and That goal can't be just to get reelected. It has to be to achieve something in government, something good. And uh, you're right. Right. I feel like that someone got to him. In fact, he says in this clip explicitly that he supports the idea of congressional tournament. So I guess he's a supporter. But then he makes a argument basically that we hear all the time from tournament's opponents and doesn't apply. It just doesn't apply.
1: The first thing he did was pivot to Supreme Court term limits or age limits. It's a very hot issue right now. I, of course, support doing that. I would ask okay. our listeners to decide whether there would be a conversation about Supreme Court term limits right now within Democratic circles if Donald Trump hadn't just picked two new young Supreme Court judges. Um, mm-hmm. You know, That's up for them to determine. But it's right. just the fact that he kind of skirted the question— on Congressional term limits and said what we need is more legislative experience. I can't believe that. We're big believers yeah. in experience here, but we acknowledge that there's no topic Congress discusses, which did not first originate outside of Congress in the real world, right. whether it is healthcare, care, uh, education, banking, uh, business, regulation. Experience in those fields, in those areas, does not come from squatting in Washington, D.C. for decades on end. It comes from actually working in those areas of expertise, and that's what we need more of in Congress.
0: Hi, this is Scott Tillman, the National Field Director with U.S. Term Limits. We ask candidates for state legislature to sign a pledge to help us get congressional term limits. The pledge reads, I pledge that as a member of the state legislature, I will co-sponsor and vote for the resolution applying for an Article 5 convention for the sole purpose of enacting term limits on Congress. There are only a few states having legislative elections in 2019. We currently have 14 candidates in Mississippi, three candidates in Louisiana, one candidate in Virginia, and two other candidates in special elections who have signed the pledge to support congressional term limits from the state legislature. If you have access to a candidate, please ask them to sign our pledge. Pledges are available at termlimits.org. Three states so far have officially applied for an Article 5 amendment proposing convention specifically limited to the issue of congressional term limits. These are Florida, Alabama, and Missouri. In Arizona and Georgia, convention bills are still alive having passed one chamber this year and are waiting for the other chamber's vote. In addition to the three where term limits and convention bills have passed, 11 other states have called for an Amendment 5 convention addressing multiple issues but specifically including term limits. The states are leading the charge for Congressional term limits where Congress refuses to act. Harvard Law professor Larry Lessig is amongst the most prominent proponents of using an Article 5 Amendment proposing convention in their country. While not specifically focused on term limits, Lessig sees Congress as corrupt and unrepresentative and the Article 5 Convention as the only method available to reform it. Lessig spoke at the Wolfpack Warrior Workshop in 2018.
2: What we believe is that we need this change in the basic frame of our government, and a change not controlled by Congress. Because what we believe in this movement is that we believe Congress is the problem. Congress is the institution that has allowed the corruption of this democracy to evolve. And that's something people on the left believe and people on the right believe. This is what unites us and why we are here in an Article 5 movement. The failed branch of our government is the institution we have to find a way to fix. And that fact is a huge problem for the reform movement. Congress in our Constitution is essentially untouchable. The institution is untouchable because we don't elect a Congress. We elect members to Congress. And what that means is in our voting there is no one who we elect with the means or the motive to fix Congress directly. This piece um, in the February 2016 describes this platform put together by a group of quote, reform groups as described in the article, efforts are being undertaken in state legislatures to pass resolutions calling for a constitutional convention to send various constitutional amendments to the states for ratification. If these efforts are successful, it would result in the nation's first constitutional convention since 1787 convention that adopted the constitution. It would also create the opportunity for a runaway convention that could rewrite any constitutional right or protection currently available to American citizens. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is, this is conventional, Wisdom, no, this is conventional ignorance in American politics today. This is what both sides believe. What I think we're trying to do is to call the convention spoken of in the plain language of this really hard to read document. (laughs) A convention for proposing amendments. It's a convention for a particular purpose. And that purpose defines its limits. Indeed, Article 5 goes on to describe expressly that whatever this convention does has no power until it is ratified by three-fourths of the states. So this language, this power created by the Constitution is something fundamentally different from what the framers of our constitution were doing they were giving us a power for proposing amendments a power limited by the express terms of article five
0: one bit of news this week is the progress of a bill in missouri we haven't been talking too much about this but it's also quite important and this is a bill that would put eight-year tournaments on a list of state positions that aren't currently covered by eight-year term limits in Missouri. Now, of course, they have eight-year term limits on their legislature, mm-hmm. and they have eight-year term limits on their governor, lieutenant governor, um, but there's several positions that they don't, and so this is going to extend it to the rest of those positions. Yeah,
1: Missouri is um, its a national leader in term limits. Uh, obviously, they've have had haters is enough for a long time now. They passed the Term Limits Convention in 2018, but they are one of the few states where the entire slate of state constitutional officers is not term limited. It's actually rare to see a state where the governor has term limits, but some of the other constitutional officers do not. Basically, what the senator, Tony Ludkemeyer said was, let's put everybody on a level playing field. Eight years works well for the legislature. Let's not fix what's not broken. And so it has passed, and the voters will get a chance to decide it. I think it will get 75,
0: 80% support, possibly higher. Right. It passed in the Missouri Senate so far, 31 to 3. That's a ringing endorsement of it. Naturally, of course, a bipartisan vote. It would put eight-year term limits on the Secretary of State, Attorney General, State Auditor, and it is going through the House. And I guess we're waiting on one more House committee before it goes to the floor. So we're, we're excited about that. It looks like it could be another chance for voters uh, across an entire state to uh, endorse, once again, eight-year term limits, which I think will be helpful because where we really all want to see it is on Congress. And Luke Meyer deserves special recognition
1: for this. He's sort of like a very rare breed. He's like a political unicorn. He's the politician who actually made a promise. And once he was elected, he kept it. During the campaign last year, he signed two US term limits pledges, one Mm. saying that he would protect Missouri's eight year term limits, do everything he could on that front, and another one saying that he would fight for term limits on Congress and all other positions. It's yeah. just great to see a guy who's gotten elected and is keeping his word to the voters and leading on this front.
0: Yeah, I saw on his uh, campaign website in his issues column, it's very strong support for tournaments at all levels of government. So that was great. Good work by Tony Lukemeyer in in Missouri, and we'll keep reporting on this issue as well.
1: If you'd like to help Tony Lutkemeyer pass term limits for all the statewide officials in Missouri, go to termlimits.com on the current actions list. This is only for people who live in Missouri. Check that out. Um, You can send a message to your lawmakers. Once it's on the ballot officially, this will become a campaign to secure a yes vote, and we're going to need volunteers and helpers to make that
0: a reality. Termlimits.com, current actions, Missouri term limits. Nick, you mentioned earlier in the podcast about Supreme Court term limits, and that's not something we've really talked about much here, but maybe we should do so. What do you think? Yeah, it's
1: emerging as uh, one of the biggest debate topics in our country, Um, and I, I think on next week's podcast, that should be one of our core focuses.
0: Okay, it's a date.
1: I'm Nate Wadsworth State Representative from uh, Oxford County, District 70, and I totally support the Term Limits Convention. I've sponsored the main house twice. I'm looking forward to sponsoring again this spring, and uh, we just need to do it. You know, 75% of the American people believe in Term Limits, while Congress's ratings are only at 11%. It's completely broken, and it's time for Term Limits on Congress.
0: well, that's it for another weekly edition of No Uncertain Terms. We have live bills in Arizona, Florida, and Missouri. And if you live in one of those states, please take action. Go to Turnlements.com and look under the Current Actions tab for your state. These actions are quick, easy, and vitally important. It's also important to subscribe to our podcast. We're available on several platforms, including the iPhone podcast app, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. The number of presidential candidates is growing, and soon you're going to run into one asking for your vote. Be prepared to ask them how they stand on congressional term limits and how they might help in getting them enacted. Then let us know, and we'll report your findings on a future podcast. We'll be back next Monday.
2: the revolution isn't being
0: televised.
2: Fortunately, you have the No Uncertain Terms podcast. Whatever you whatever you want.
1: Can I talk about how Biden is, uh, creeping up slowly behind the American voter and, uh, Sniffing our hair and whispering sweet nothings into our ears. I'm a sweet sweet, sweet nothings, nothings. nothings.
0: What the hell am I doing? Here? I don't know.